0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord gives Ezekiel a parable of three branches. These branches represent two kings of Judah and a third king whom God will establish in the future. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 17. On
0: simply the Bible. When people close their hearts to the truth of God's Word, how is God to get their attention? He can do it by making their lives uncomfortable, as he did with the prophet Jonah, or he can also present the truth to them in a different way. He can tell a story. And that is what we have before us here today. God gave a riddle that requires an explanation and a parable. That illustrates spiritual truth we continue in ezekiel chapter 17 and the word of the lord came to me saying son of man pose a riddle and speak a parable to the house of israel and say thus says the lord god a great eagle with large wings and long pinions full of feathers of various colors came to Lebanon and took from the cedar the highest branch. He cropped off its topmost young twig and carried it to a land of trade. He set it in a city of merchants. Now, it is believed that Ezekiel wrote this prophecy about 590 B.C., two years before the Babylonian siege of Jerusalem. The great eagle with large wings and various colored feathers was King Nebuchadnezzar. The cedar tree either represented Judah or more specifically the Davidic line of kings in Judah. Now, cropping the topmost young twig referred to deposing King Jehoiakim, who was also known as Coniah or Jeconiah. He was only king for three months before Nebuchadnezzar took him to Babylon. Then he took some of the seed of the land and planted it in a fertile field. He placed it by abundant waters, and he set it like a willow tree, and it grew and became a spreading vine of low stature. Its branches turned toward him, but its roots were under it. So it became a vine, brought forth branches, and put forth shoots." Taking some of the seed of the land would refer to some of the people of Judah that Nebuchadnezzar left there. Rather than wiping everybody out, he would leave them there so that they could work the land and pay him tribute. They were planted in the fertile field of Judah with its abundant waters. Now, this probably spoke figuratively of the fact that Babylon's oversight would allow them to have everything that they needed to prosper. The spreading vine of low stature referred to King Zedekiah, who was the youngest son of King Josiah. Zedekiah was a vine rather than a tree, meaning that he would always be a vassal king and would never grow to the place of prominence that his father had. At first, King Zedekiah turned toward Nebuchadnezzar, Having made an oath with him, he aimed to fulfill his treaty, seeing it as an acceptable arrangement. Zedekiah's roots were under Nebuchadnezzar, meaning that Jerusalem and Judah would receive their strength and protection from Babylon. But there was another great eagle with large wings and many feathers, and behold, this vine bent its roots toward him and stretched its branches toward him from the garden terrace where it had been planted that he might water it. It was planted in good soil by many waters to bring forth branches, bear fruit, and become a majestic vine. So this other eagle was Pharaoh of Egypt. Now, Zedekiah had both internal and external pressure to make an alliance with Egypt against Babylon. Officials within his administration were likely pressuring him, as were the surrounding countries of Moab, Ammon, Edom, Tyre, and Sidon, who saw this new pharaoh's rise to power as their opportunity to rebel against Babylon. Now, had Zedekiah remained loyal to Nebuchadnezzar, he would have saved Jerusalem and the temple. But instead, he chose to break his covenant and turn to Egypt for help, and that would prove to be disastrous. Verse 9 Say, thus says the Lord God, will it thrive? Will he not pull up its roots, cut off its fruit, and leave it to wither? All of its spring leaves will wither, and no great power or many people will be needed to pluck it up by its roots. Behold, it is planted. Will it thrive? Will it not utterly wither when the east wind touches it? It will wither in the garden terrace where it grew. So God asked this rhetorical question. Zedekiah doing this and rebelling against Babylon, will he thrive in this? Won't he be pulled up by the roots, his fruit be cut off and his leaves wither? The Lord now explains the riddle and the parable. Verse 11, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Say now to the rebellious house, Do you not know what these things mean? Tell them, Indeed, the king of Babylon went to Jerusalem and took its king and princes and led them with him to Babylon. And he took the king's offspring, made a covenant with him, and put him under oath. He also took away the mighty of the land. That the kingdom might be brought low and not lift itself up, but that by keeping his covenant it might stand. But he rebelled against him by sending his ambassadors to Egypt, that they might give him horses and many people. Will he prosper? Will he who does such things escape? Can he break a covenant and still be delivered? So after King Nebuchadnezzar deposed Jehoiakim and took him to Babylon along with the princes and many of the officials, he put Zedekiah into power and made a covenant with him. The kingdom was brought low, meaning that Nebuchadnezzar weakened it to the point that it could never rebel again. Now, if Zedekiah had kept his covenant with Nebuchadnezzar, he would have stood as king. But he rebelled by sending ambassadors to Egypt to get horses and an army. As I live, says the Lord God, surely in the place where the king dwells, who made him king, whose oath he despised and whose covenant he broke with him in the midst of Babylon, he shall die. Nor will Pharaoh with his mighty army and great company do anything in the war, when they heap up a siege mound and build a wall to cut off many persons, since he despised the oath by breaking the covenant, and in fact gave his hand and still did all these things, he shall not escape. So God said very clearly that Zedekiah would die in Babylon and that Pharaoh would do nothing against the siege works that Nebuchadnezzar would build and ultimately take Jerusalem. All of this would happen because Zedekiah despised his oath. Now, God puts a high value on us keeping our oaths, keeping our word. Psalm 15 says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill? He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. So God was not happy about Zedekiah breaking his treaty. Now the implications of this for us is that we need to be very careful about the oaths that we make and whatever oath we make, we better make sure that we do it. That means we don't break business agreements. We don't go back on our marriage vows. All of these things, anything where we say, this is what I'm going to do, we better do it. And if we can't, then we should do everything we can to like say, hey, I'm sorry, I can't live up to this. You know, but we should really try to live up to it because God places a high value on this. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, as I live, surely my oath, which he despised and my covenant, which he broke, I will recompense on his own head. I will spread my net over him and he shall be taken in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon and try him there for the treason which he committed against me. All his fugitives with all his troops shall fall by the sword and those who remain shall be scattered to every wind. And you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken. So such vassal treaties in those days were ratified by invoking the deities of both parties as witnesses. Therefore, Zedekiah swore his oath before Yahweh to guarantee that he would obey its terms. Because of this, God said he despised my oath. Therefore, I will recompense on his own head the punishment for what he's done. He committed treason against me. And so God was going to spread his net over him and he would be taken to Babylon. Now, what happened is Nebuchadnezzar arrested him along with the princes and he killed Zedekiah's sons before his eyes and he poked out Zedekiah's eyes and took him blind to Babylon where he ultimately died. God said, Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken. After these things come to pass, you will know that it was me speaking to you. And of course, God told him this not only through Ezekiel, but also through Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord God, I will take also one of the highest branches of the high cedar and set it out. I will crop off From the topmost of its young twigs, a tender one, and will plant it on a high and prominent mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it, and it will bring forth boughs and bear fruit, and be a majestic cedar. Under it will dwell birds of every sort. In the shadow of its branches, they will dwell. And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high tree and exalted the low tree, dried up the green tree and made the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it. So God himself now would crop off a tender twig from this high cedar and would plant it on a high mountain. This is speaking of the Lord establishing his son, Jesus Christ, as Messiah, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, referred to here as the tender twig, and he would plant him on the high mountain of Israel. This speaks of the millennial kingdom when Jesus will reign from Jerusalem, and he will be as a majestic cedar bearing fruit, a shelter to everyone. And this will happen when God brings down the high tree of the kingdoms of men and exalts the low tree, his own son, who is despised by men, the low tree of the kingdom. You see, right now, the world despises the kingdom of God, but God will lift it up in those days. He'll bring down the kingdoms of this world and will establish his son as Messiah. Again, this was a riddle and parable to show what all God would do both in those days and in the days to come. God put it in story form because we don't always listen when he just speaks to us directly. But all of this is to show us that his word will definitely come to pass in its day. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, and we thank you that you are true to your word, and that whatever you say, you will surely bring to pass in its day. I pray, God, that we would take to heart these things and trust in you and put them into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program
1: of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast and please leave us a review. That helps us a lot. Tomorrow and all next week, we will return to the book of Nehemiah. It's a wonderful story about effective and godly leadership so applicable to today. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's word on Simply the Bible.